0: Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. Today, I'd like to hit a topic that covers the entire book of Revelation and how to view it, and basically it's a question, is Revelation basically about the Mass? My son came home from college one day, and he asked me, is the book of Revelation just about the Mass? And I didn't say anything for a moment. I might have even dropped my jaw thinking, you know, have you read the book of Revelation? And then he said a friend of his in the Catholic group at college had read Scott Hahn's book on Revelation and adopted this notion. Now, Scott's book is not quite this simple. It's nuanced, but folks are getting the impression from it that Revelation is basically about the Mass. And I want to be very clear. Scott does exceptional work writing and teaching Holy Scripture But I must take strong exception to the notion that Revelation is basically about the mass. And here's two very easy ways to dispel this notion. Uh, First is read a couple of paragraphs from Revelation 16 and ask yourself, is this about the mass? Revelation 16, starting in verse 12, the sixth angel poured his bowl on the great river Euphrates and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings of the east. And I saw issuing from the mouth of the dragon and from the mouth of the beast and from the mouth of the false prophets three foul spirits like frogs. They are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. Lo, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is he who is awake. And they assembled them at the place, which is called in Hebrew, Armageddon. The seventh angel poured his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were flashes of lightning, voices, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake. Such had never been since men were on the earth. So great was that earthquake, the cities of the nations fell. I simply ask again, Does that sound like the Mass? No, it doesn't. And there's several other passages from the book of Revelation. That was the first thing to do. I said, there's two easy ways to dispense of this notion. Basically read the book and look at some passages like what I just read to you from Revelation 16. The second is read two paragraphs from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And in particular, paragraph 675 and 677, which I have actually read to you multiple times since beginning this whole series in Luke 21 radio, 133 episodes ago. But here we go, 675, before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers, and this is why I'm doing these broadcasts. I have a concern with many believers' faith being shaken the persecution that accompanies her pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity in the form of a religious deception, offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the truth. The supreme religious deception is that of the Antichrist. And now 677, the church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this Final Passover. When she will follow her Lord in his death and resurrection, the kingdom will be fulfilled only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil, which will cause his bride to come down from heaven. God's triumph over the revolt of evil will take the form of the last judgment after the final cosmic upheaval of this passing world." And it's very instructive to then look at the Scripture references for these two paragraphs, and I'll give them to you. Luke's Gospel, First and 2 Thessalonians, and multiple times the Book of Revelation. So the Book of Revelation, according to the Catechism, isn't just about the present age or the past age. It's about the future, which I tried to emphasize as we went through these two short paragraphs. But yes, the book of Revelation, without question, has first-century historical references, and these are a preview of future end-time events. And yes, the book of Revelation also has contemporary relevance. So, in other words, saying that the book of Revelation has relevance for the mass as practiced now in this age Yes, that's a present reality, but every other the book of the Bible uh, also speaks of present realities, even though it talks about something that happened in the past. And even our last episode in Luke 21 Radio, I talked about the water of life, the river of the water of life opening up at the second coming of Christ, but even now there's a present reality of that. So even if we recognize first century fulfillments, even though we recognize present day fulfillments, the book of Revelation without question definitely talks about the future. Now, granted, some of the folks who adopt the rapture at any moment uh, perspective, think it's almost all about the future and not about the present or the past, but it's all three of these, but there's an emphasis on the future. I just read you a passage from Revelation 16 that has absolutely nothing to do with weekly mass in our parishes. The catechism talks about a final trial, a final persecution, the mystery of iniquity, an apostasy, an antichrist, a final unleashing of evil a cosmic upheaval. All of these things are from these two short paragraphs in the catechism, and this is where I would go if you want to get a really grounded understanding of not only what the church believes today about the book of Revelation, but what was done in the composing of the catechism was bringing forth to today the timeless teaching of the Catholic Church. This is nothing new. This is the teaching of the Fathers. This is the teaching of St. Augustine and the City of God. This is the teaching of today's Catechism of the Catholic Church. So we, we we do look to the future, and those things that some people say, well, no, they're just sensational. We ignore this. No, there will be a final trial. There will be a mystery of iniquity, an apostasy, an Antichrist, a final unleashing of evil, and there will be persecution with this. Now, we, although we can't say that the overriding present view of Revelation with the mass being the core of the book is not the, the view uh, that Revelation itself presents, the Catechism or the Father's, Worship does have something to do with the book of Revelation and something central. And if you remember that I've taught as we've gone through the book of Revelation, there are twin themes in the book. Do you remember what they are? First of all is kingship. As uh, Soon as we um, move from the letters to the seven churches in chapters two and three, we're taken up to heaven in Revelation four, and we're seeing a throne And basically, in that throne resembles a heavenly liturgy, because the liturgy on earth is to reflect the liturgy in heaven. And that's why one can say there is a definite emphasis on the mass and the heavenly liturgy in the book of Revelation. That's absolutely true. It's when we say that's the primary focus. I think that kind of misses the point, because here's the point. It's not just worship, it's also kingship. And one of the chief questions in the book of Revelation, and this was growing out of the historical situation in the early centuries of the church, which from that historical situation, we can apply to the end times, and it's this. Caesar claimed to be king of the world, and Jesus claimed to be Lord, just like Caesar claimed to be. To be Lord. And there's not a whole lot of room, even if you have uh, uh, a territory as big as the Roman Empire, there's not enough room in the empire for two lords. There can only be one. There's not enough room in your mind and heart for two lords. There can only be one. There has to be a choice. And so in the early church, there, there came a conflict and the early winds of that conflict are find, found in the very first chapter of book of Revelation. John's already exiled on the Isle of Patmos. He was undergoing persecution because he was, he was experiencing firsthand the conflict. And in the midst of that, and it was on the Lord's Day, okay, the Lord's Day is, is when the Mass is celebrated. He sees his vision in heaven of the heavenly throne, and it gives him on earth while undergoing persecution, reinforcement that God is king and therefore worthy to alone receive that worship that God alone should receive. That is the point, kingship and worship. Now, if you lived in the first century and you made your lordship choice, and if you picked Caesar, you would go to hell forever. And we're going to see the foreverness of hell, coming up in the last few uh, chapters, couple of chapters and verses in the book of Revelation. Okay, now what if you're living towards the end of time? Caesar is a precursor of the Antichrist, and if in the end times you choose the Antichrist, acknowledge him as Lord, you will also go to hell forever, or you're descendants who live. We don't know when this is going to occur, but this isn't just about Sunday celebrations of the Mass. St. John was given a vision into the heavenly liturgies in order to see the kingship of Christ worthy. The Lamb was worthy of worship so that you could stand up to the persecution on earth, and it's basically about ultimate loyalties who is king worthy of worship? And even under persecution and even under the threat of the punishment of death, Christians were called by St John and through St John Jesus was calling to be faithful unto death. That's what the entire book of Revelation is about. Now, again I want to say I don't want to detract in any way from the many fine scripture uh, works by Scott I have recommended them repeatedly. I'll continue to do so. They're excellent. But I asked the question, well, why do I bring this up? Well, Scott has many followers. My son came home from college questioning, what is the whole book about? Is it just about the mask? Because his friend in college certainly got that impression. And I'm not saying Scott taught that, but people were getting that impression. Scott has a lot of followers, including other teachers, and a lot of folks are embracing this teaching. Now, I'm going to be very honest. In a certain sense, I could care less. Honestly, I am at the point of life where I no longer care about doctrinal and theological wrangling. Uh, I've done plenty of it in my life, and honestly, I'd rather lead, lead a very peaceful life, but here's why I bring it up, because I really do care... When the Catechism says, when all this stuff happens, I don't know if it happened in our day or children's or grandchildren's day or whenever, but the faith of many believers will be shaken. And they'll be shaken when we don't expect it. Because if they think they're just gonna be raptured out of the world before any trouble comes, their faith will be shaken. Or if they think all this has to do with just the mass and there's no real stuff to worry about, apostasy and Antichrist and persecution, they will be shaken. I don't want them to be shaken. I want them to stay strong in Christ. And that's the purpose of the book of Revelation, being prepared. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 133 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at Luke21.com.